the Influence Events Podcast. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of the Influence Events Podcast. This is the second episode ever. Second ever. Um, <laughs> and what a great, great episode we have lined up. It is amazing. Stick with us. The interview segment of this podcast is above and beyond what any of us expected. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, um, I'm beyond jealous that I could yeah. not join. Jenny had to attend a work meeting. I had, yeah, at meetings. <laughs> meetings. Who wants meetings? I am your host again. I am Tom Faz, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host once again, Jenny Grimm, who is over in the United States. Woo! How are you, Jenny? How's your week been? Tell everyone about this this injury you sustained yesterday. Oh no! We all want to hear about to this Tom one. Yesterday, um, <laughs> I I just I feel like weird things happen to me a lot, and they're just like very unbelievable, um, and just strange. Like it's not anything that normally like I got injured, and it's not a normal injury. No, yesterday, <laughs> I was out um, with Abdul, who is my boyfriend, and we were walking our dog. And across the street, there was another woman who was walking a dog, a very large dog. I don't know what kind of dog it was. It looked like a Bernese Mountain dog, like size-wise, but it was white with like black spots versus they're normally like all black. I have no clue kind of dog. Giant dog. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear the dog walker, owner of dog. It was a dog walker, but we didn't know that at the time. Um, Kind of being like, no, sit, sit. Day. You could tell the dog kind of wanted to come check out Pickle. That's my dog. And so we kept walking. We're like, let's go, Pickle. And then all of a sudden, we kind of hear like, shit. <laughs> and I turn, and this massive dog <laughs> is running directly at us and trying to get at Pickle. I think it was trying to play with Pickle, but directly at Pickle. But Pickle was behind me. So the dog mm. literally linebacker took me out the dog knocked me on my back apparently i was holding pickle's leash i didn't i don't even remember this i was holding pickle's <laughs> leash and the impact knocked me to the ground i mean i'm i'm scraped up i probably am concussed um but i let go of the leash apparently and that let pickle like run away because pickle was terrified and like crying mm. and abdul sitting there trying to apparently like get pickle and the woman runs across the street and she's just like is everything okay i until we got like I just got up. I was worried about pickles. So I get up. I'm like, yeah. They're like, we're all good. Pickles fine. I'll be fine. You know, whatever. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, this isn't even my dog. Oh my gosh. And it it slipped out of its collar, <laughs> which is impressive. I don't know how mm. a dog is out of a collar. That's a little Houdini. beyond. I mean, it happens, right? I was like, none of us were rude or anything. It, it really does happen. It's not the first time it's happened to us, and it will definitely probably not be the last. It is the first time I got taken out by a dog. <laughs> knocked onto my back and I literally I was asking Abdul about it and he goes you you let go of pickle and I was like I was holding pickle at the time I don't remember <laughs> I really think like a I really if, think if I'm being honest. definitely out. a concussion there <laughs> my whole body and like I I think you know like I've I've been on this like workout binge the last few months mm. and like my whole body feels like I've been working out like intensely for five days like I feel like an old person right now and my head hurts, my whole arm hurts, and I really think that I think I knocked my I shouldn't laugh, but the one thing that did make me laugh is the sad face picture you sent me of the uh, the skinned arm. The bottom lip was out. I will tell skinned. you, too, it was very painful in the shower. You called that out. You're like, called that is going insane. to hurt That's, so bad. That is years and years of playing football on AstroTurf. Turf, you slide, yeah. you Turf skin burns. yourself, doesn't yeah. hurt at the time. As soon as that first drop of the perfect temperature shower hits you, it is game over. The worst. Yeah, no, it was bad. And then, of course, um, I I showed you, too, that on my neighborhood Facebook page, the woman, uh, I guess the owner of the dog, was like, hi, everyone. Maybe you're in this group. I don't know. My dog walker (laughs) told me that my dog got off the leash and, like, chased, you know, a poor dog down. And, like, are you okay? Is your dog okay? And so, yeah, I messaged her, and I was like, yeah, like, everything's fine. She, She did not mention the part where... A human got knocked out, but that's, <laughs> that's so, yeah. okay. It would, would you do that, though? Would you do that? As a dog walker, your dog got away from me and absolutely railroaded a human into the ground. Yeah, would I would definitely tell an owner. I'd be like, hi, you need a new collar because your dog got out of the <laughs> collar and chased a dog and knocked over a person i mean i thought about it and i'm like i'm glad it was us because i mean we have older people who live in this neighborhood that's how people like break hips you know <laughs> like, 
Oh my gosh, yeah. It was an eventful day. So that's how Jenny's week's gone, and that was just <laughs> in the last 24 hours. Yeah, um, it was. It's pretty it's much been, how my whole week's been, honestly. It's been an eventful week. I know that we've both been busy. We haven't really talked this week, apart from the last 24 hours, so I know we've no, both been, been busy. busy. Um, but one thing I do want to do, and I know you've had people reach out too, is thank everyone who listened last week, because it is, it's always super hard getting a new podcast off the ground and getting those listeners in. Um, yeah, I, it's, I think it's... it's I mean, people are choosing to listen to your voice. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't choose to listen to my voice, as you know. <laughs> I don't. I'm, like I'm going to. I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Have you listened to Lachlan's <laughs> no. podcast yet? I knew you wouldn't have done. I knew you would have done. I knew you would have done. Oh, um, my old yeah. podcast has been out for three years, and I still haven't listened to half of them. <laughs> All of the people who reached out, I had, I had someone reach out who I've not spoken to since high school, um, which is almost 18 years ago for me which is a long-ass time, um, to say that they've listened. So it's great that people are kind of taking an interest. Um, and I know that someone reached out to you as well, asking if you'd started or you'd yeah, restarted they, your they old thought, podcast. I, they, saw, they thought I started my old podcast up, which makes no sense because clearly they have very different names. And people pay podcast. no attention. Um, but <clears throat> I said no, but to go support this one too. I was like, I am <laughs> teaming up. I was like, my friend has this big project that he's working on. So I'm just, you know, assisting and being... Um, Awesome. Yeah, duh. Obviously. I know that you left that silence there because you wanted me to fill in. No, I was trying to think. I said I said that I got to join because he knows I can talk to a wall. But (laughs) pretty much I'm pretty sure it was the remit that I sent you. Probably got that in an email somewhere. Or the or the message you sent me earlier saying you love to talk. You you literally sent me a message earlier today that said I love to talk. Yeah, I said my dream job of you a talk show host. Mm. I need to get somebody to give me the content, but I could talk. Mm. I spend my entire day talking to a dog who doesn't talk back, so I'm good. So okay, (laughs) content then content for this week. One of our chat points this week was, and it's because I've had I've had these conversations elsewhere, but the UK festival scene is opening back up, and there's a couple of big festivals still happening as far as I'm aware. But the sort of smaller, more grassroots level festivals where you normally have the smaller bands who are just breaking through, um, maybe one stage, a couple of well-known bands, and then a lot more of your sort of like opening level bands. Things are changing up this year, and there seems to be a lot more tribute festivals happening where you have your Guns N' Roses tribute, you've got your Oasis tribute, your Killers tribute, all these bands coming together, playing on a bigger stage, and there being a lot more i think they're being more supported this year than any other um year in the past because That's people obviously so want to get cool. out so are, COVID. They, are they all at one festival together yeah so you're essentially That's paying my dream to go to i was going to ask what your thoughts are on this i'm 50 50 you see but i think that the reason that these are popping up this year is because pr- promoters and producers know that I mean, due to COVID, there's not as much money there as there was. Oh, people pay to see anything right now. Yeah, and if you're paying for a tribute band as well, you're getting the same songs that you would get if you, like, say, for example, I'm not going to name any bands with fees, but bigger bands who you pay, like, £750,000 to have on your stage, you can get their tribute for a couple grand. So you're, you're, you're getting the content, and it's, a, and it's a day out. What do you think of, I mean, how's the festival circuit looking in the US this year? So I've never heard of any um, cool tribute, or I mean, I guess for us, you know, it's like cover bands. Um, mm. <laughs> that's awesome, and we need that. I would totally pay to go see that. I mean, I've seen a few like tribute bands. Um, I don't know if Rain is in the UK, but in the US, there's Rain, and they're like a Beatles tribute band. I've seen them before. It's really fun. Um, but festival-wise, I mean, as you know, Lollapalooza took off, mm, big and time. I would like to know there was a spike in COVID in Chicago. Yeah. Very surprising there. Wonder why. Um, but I I haven't heard too much about it. I mean, last I heard, I I, I think that I know a lot of like um, electronic, like EDM, like a lot of electronic festivals are happening. I mean, mm. um, Ultra is it Ultra? This in Miami, like that yeah. happened. Um, I, I have a lot of friends who are into. It's not my scene, but a lot of friends who are, and they just keep posting like. Yes, we got tickets. Yes, we got tickets. So I think a lot like that I know is back in full force. I don't know. It might have just been old news. Like Coachella, I know, got pushed to October, but I think it. I think it's canceled totally again this year. I'm not sure. Um, but Coachella no. tend to follow suit with Glastonbury. They tended to. I mean, like we said, we touched on last week. Glastonbury canceled from the off both years. 
um, around the same time, Coachella pushed from East, it's normally Easter, isn't it? April, Easter break. It's usually in yeah. yeah it's the two weekends they, in April. They pushed to October. I'm not sure if they fully cancelled. I'm not. I'll need That's to what I, I can't remember if like it's just got cancelled so long ago that I don't remember, or that it's just still on. So I don't know. We can um, have that as a discussion point next week. Yeah, for episode I mean, three. It's gonna end up probably getting cancelled because yeah. I think that. It's just going to, I think it's going to spike again. So we'll see. I mean, um, I know it leads into like our, our next topic is that Mm. I know a lot of venues here to have things taken off are now requiring the proof of vaccine or a negative test, which that even worries me. I would like you to show your proof of vaccine, please. (laughs) Um, so that's all I know. Like I'm going to a show next weekend and th- thankfully I have a seat. I don't have to like stand in a pit or anything. Cause that seems sweaty and germy to me, but I know that we got an update that we do have to show our, um, vaccine card. So, yeah, yeah. We've had that through. We've got a couple of events. Um, in one in particular, we're working with Raquel, who's obviously part of our team. She's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. Um, got a show out in Seattle at the Barboza alongside the Pax West convention. Um, and one of the first things that the guys at that venue said to me, they made me agree in sort of no uncertain terms. If you want to come into the venue, you're either double vaccinated or fully vaccinated and or you, you've got proof of a test that you've taken 40 hours prior, like a negative flow test. Um, if you don't have those, you're not coming in. Um, what are your thoughts on that as as a sort of event attendee, event goer? Um, I'm totally for it. I think that... I think it's very different if, an, if a venue is choosing to um, yeah. instate that versus like the government being, yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about that with like New York City where I'm like, yeah. I selfishly, I'm okay with it because I am vaccinated, but I think it is a scary thing that like, that's a lot of power. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that if, a, if they want to potentially lose out on the money of people who aren't vaccinated, who can't come, that's on them. But I think it's a call. I think it keeps... Um, attendees safe but also it keeps staff safe it keeps uh, talent safe I think that it is just in the best interest of everything and I think that I mean say they weren't doing that and then somebody you know there was a COVID outbreak at their venue no one's going to go back yeah yeah you know I, I think it's it's just for their like own safety but also like the financial safety too of like the venue like you have to have people coming to make money it's a business in the end, and if anything bad goes down, they're not they're not going to go. Yeah. So, I think you touched on the safety aspect. It's something that we, as a as influence event productions, we're obviously putting together tours for the back end of this year, and and tours and events into next year. At the minute, we're we're obviously at the stage where we're contracting a lot of things, and it's such a hard balance to appease everyone and have everyone happy to sign with something that i mean i thought it was very simple but uh, i i'm writing it from from my point of view my perspective the covid policy that we're looking at i mean we're, we're looking at sort of covering our asses and going above and beyond until the end of 2022 at least and then we'll obviously we'll readjust and we'll have a look at it moving forward but there's a lot of people who aren't happy with the request for tests to be taken on tour like once every between like I think we've said like once every forty eight to seventy two hours because it's that three day period. Some people are saying that they might not want to come on the tour now, and it's just this is this is I'm obviously not going to name anyone, but this is this is everyone from sort of like artists to management to agents to to every single. I mean, we're lucky in the sense that with our team, and you know that our team that we have with influence events, we're all of a similar mindset, and we're all kind of vaccinated. We're all happy with it, but I mean. It's, if you're saying that they just need to get tested and it's not even like you have to be vaccinated, like what's the problem with that? If you aren't vaccinated, shouldn't you want to know every now and then if if you don't have COVID? <laughs> true. Okay. I, I would be more than happy to take tests and be like, oh, no, I'm still okay. You mm. know, I, I think that that's. I think, and it's I so think funny I'm though because. Pro. Obviously, to go on tour, you're traveling, right? And mm. traveling right now, you have to be taking tests anyway. Yeah. Like, I know that when I booked my ticket to Scotland, I have to show a negative test on top of my COVID, yeah. my vaccine card. Yeah. And then when I get to Scotland within two days, I have to pay 
a hundred US dollars pretty much to get an at-home test sent to me, which I guess I get sent to my hotel. I'm figuring out the logistics still. Yeah. Um, and then send that back. So I mean, like if you're on tour, you're traveling, so you have to do that stuff anyway. That's mandated. That is It's one of the discussion points that I put to the people in question and said, look, we're gonna be traveling. So it's more for protection of the traveling party. If you're going from A to B to C to D, you're not just in one place where you're at home and you know that you're with your bubble, you're going to the local store, you're going to the gym or whatever. If you're going all around the UK, UK and Europe, even into North America, like we are, um, I, yeah, I think it's it's interesting and it's definitely a hard balance and it's something that I'm still trying to figure out and it's frustrating. People who are listening, I'd love to know your thoughts on COVID passports, um, whether that be messages to the Instagram or comments on wherever you're listening. Um, I think it's going to be something that is, there's going to be a more in-depth discussion in the coming weeks now that things are opening back up. But yeah, um, we're not going to stick too much on COVID because I don't want this to become a COVID podcast. We don't want that. Nobody wants a COVID podcast. So instead, we've gone above and beyond this week. We have got an awesome guest. I am super stoked that this guy jumped to come on this podcast. One of the, I think one of the most sincere people I've ever met in industry. Um, saying that because the interview took place around an hour ago um, before coming on with Jenny, which is really weird because we've done it in the back, we've done it the wrong way around again, as we did last week. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, he's, he seems nice, even though he, you know, we were supposed to meet at 12 and we met at 12.20 because he was so friendly, he talked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome guy. I'm not gives, offended. Gives a lot of insight. <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff coming up on sustainability events, um, the way that things are going to change after 2020. And we may even have referenced that that little documentary from Netflix in 2019 that everyone's watched. Um, so, yeah, with, I'm not going to say anything else. So let's just get into it. Here is our chat with the legend that is Andy King. This week's star guest. This week, um, we have... A man joining us who is definitely not a myth, but most definitely a legend within the industry. Uh, we're joined by Andy King, who has built a 30-year career as the, and correct me if I'm wrong, the concierge of New York City, I think is the quote that's used, uh, throwing some of the greatest parties with leading talent, all with a focus on sustainable events and promoting a positive impact to society, which I think we all need, especially after the last year and a half uh, Andy, thank you for joining us today. Um, my pleasure. I'm thrilled to be here. And how are you? How is uh, how is Andy King after the last 18 months? Oh, my word. Well, you know, it's amazing. In my long career, I generally would be on four planes a week and running from one side of this country to the other or across the pond, constantly hosting events. And so... For the first time, COVID put a halt to all of that. And I got to spend time with my partner and my dog on our farm. And we quadrupled the size of our gardens. And I found an old tiki bar behind one of my barns. And we opened up what was called the tiki bar farm stand. And so we literally would just bring vegetables and fruits and whatever we were going out to the end of the driveway it was an honor system it was a jar and we'd put little prices on things and um some days we'd make ten dollars some days we'd make fifty dollars but it was hysterical but it was it's been a lot of fun and i think that we were able to take this time and be able to step back and be grateful and feel blessed and be present and go wow i mean i have been on a treadmill for how long it's time to take take a deep breath. And so I feel like COVID's been helpful in that area for sure. But it's it's slowly, well, let's see, these variants and everything else. But um, we're slowly crawling out of this. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on next. Yeah, I think you've you touched on something that a lot of people I've talked to, especially over the last month, have said that when it comes to the industry, having that initial step back was a nice thing for the first couple of months where you've said yourself, you were on however many planes a week and you don't feel like you have that time to stop. COVID put that stop in place and it put the wall up and said, you, you know, you can't do this. Um, was there a time where you kind of, you got to the stage where you were missing it and you wanted to get back out and you thought, okay, I've had this time now. I've taken my time. I've, I've relaxed. I've spent time with my partner, my dogs. And we've done what we've done around the property. 
was there a time last year where you thought, I really, really want to get back and I want to get back doing what I do? Well, you know, and you, you guys probably watched um, or listened. You know, I hosted the largest virtual music festival a year yeah. ago um, called Room Service. And we had over like 119 young people performing. And it was amazing. And we live streamed everything. There was a lot that came out of London and out of Denmark and Germany and a lot in the States. And um, we had a great time doing it. And we kind of worked on that for like a month. And then the live stream piece was hysterical because we shot a lot of it from our farm. And my my manager had this great idea that I changed my clothes for every scene, which was like the dumbest <laughs> thing you could possibly have ever thought of doing from a production perspective. Oh my gosh. So literally I'd like, Oh my God, I'm introducing blondish, you know, and I'm, I'm in wearing blue jeans and a white shirt, you know, and then boom, I changed my clothes because now I'm introducing somebody else and I'm trying to, you know, make everything look and feel very spontaneous. But then my partner would say, oh, my gosh, Andy, we just got a text. They want you to give a shout out to Blondish again. I'm like, shit, and I'd have to run up here, <laughs> back on the jeans and the white shirt. And this went on for four days. I kept changing my clothes every seven minutes. And I was like, what was I wearing when the chain smokers did? And they're like, Andy, you were in shorts and a T-shirt. I'm like, oh, my, which short, you know? And so it was pretty crazy. But um, I was able to get kind of my fill a little bit. Um, with that sort of in the middle of COVID. But, you know, it was fascinating with Zoom call after Zoom call and Zoom mm -hmm. meeting and, you know, my virtual speaking engagements. Um, I was kept pretty busy for sure. But there was always, you know, it's that in-person, personal touch, live event that's always sitting there right in the corner of my mind saying, I can't wait to get back into the saddle and ride up and ride that horse again yeah so just uh off the back of that what was the thing that you missed the most about the the live event being in person what's the one thing that you thought yeah that's the thing that's gonna that's gonna really hurt not being able to do um i think that you know we're gonna jump into another topic a little bit but like the world knows me mm as you know the blowjob king from netflix and fire festival <laughs> and so that's not exactly how i thought my career was going to end up after 30 years in the industry um i didn't think i'd become like one of the most famous memes in pop culture i didn't think any of these things i worked pretty tirelessly for the last 12 years on converting my big event business into a zero waste event business that base, that focuses on social and environmental impact. So how the hell did I end up in a situation where I was going to suck one of the biggest dicks in the Bahamas for 200,000 plastic water bottles that were being held in customs, not to brand and not my thing. Well, the gay thing maybe, but not necessarily the plastic water bottle. I don't allow plastic at any of my events. And so that was the crazy thing where I was like, wow, I don't, um, you know, shortly after fire, I was at a management meeting in Miami and one of the team said, Andy, you know what's going on this weekend? I said, no. And I said, well, it's ultra. I'm like, oh God. And they said, you really, they really want you to make an appearance. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know, and I, I said, you know, I'm, I just, I'll, you know, we got, I got a big young group of kids that work for me. And I said, you guys tell me <clears throat> when you want to go and boom. And we worked with the publicist and you know, and I shouldn't promote this, Tom, but I said to the kids, so what do what do, what does everybody do for a music festival today? I know what my brothers did when they went to Woodstock. They're like, well, you should probably take a hit of ecstasy. I'm like, all right, fine. Little Molly, it's not going to kill me, you know. So I take a hit of ecstasy. And then I said, well, what else? They're like, well, you know, maybe we should smoke some pot, you know, roll a big fatty. I'm like, OK, fine. I mean, well, you know, I always have a cocktail in my hand. And um, so we go. And of course, it goes viral. Andy King is at Ultra, you know, and everybody's following me around and those videos coming up all over the internet and and um, just 10 million selfies and blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, I started to lose my shit. Like things were coming down a little bit. And I'm mm -hmm. like, uh-oh, this is a problem. Like I can't be throwing up in front of 100,000 people here. That's gonna go viral pretty quickly. 
And of course, the chain smokers were anxious to get me up on stage. And they're like, we want Andy up, but it was taking too long. And um, the point of this discussion is that almost the entire group thought I was producing Ultra. And I'm looking around and there's, you know, a hundred urinals that are backed up and there's stuff floating on the ground. There's, you know, the lines were so long for every bar. There was garbage everywhere. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But of course, I was having trouble speaking at that point since everything <laughs> clicking in. I'm like, no, 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 I am not producing this. They're like, good job, Andy. Don't worry. I'm like, no, no. And they're like, you know, well, one criticism, you know, your stages are a mile apart. No one can get to them. I'm like, you're not listening to me, you know, but of course, then I finally said to one of my assistants, you got to get me out of here. And the point of the discussion is that like through COVID, you know, I'm so excited to kind of get back into trying to revamp a broken industry, trying to help guide people in the right direction to say, you know what, our industry is one of the most wasteful industries in the world. And we host yeah. very large events and we leave bad things behind. And I said, there's got to be a way for us to really come up with a blueprint on changing this. And that was something that I was constantly thinking about through COVID. Like, yeah. please let me back, let me get back into the ring to say, okay, let's not lose sight of, you know, I know they work hard with Burning Man. They work hard with Coachella. They, but, but still ain't perfect. You know, I mean, yeah. they still close that, those things down after a few days, then you walk around going, Oh my gosh, look at this place. Yeah. So that's, that, I mean, that's, that's my motivating factor, you know, Tom, I was like, yeah, you know, let's really still push forward. Doesn't mean the events have to be boring and they'll be the coolest event you've ever been to, but they're going to be as close to zero waste as possible moving forward. They've got to be. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really nice segue. I know that we, we chatted a little before we started recording about, sort of sustainability and we've sent you across our notes and things. And I think you've just hit the nail there with a lot of people I've spoken to, a lot of the younger people, when it comes to sustainability, boring tends to be a buzzword. If something's green, it's boring. Right. And it's like, how, how do we, how do we change that? How do we, I think that it needs to, a lot of it needs to come from the powers that be, because I still think that I'm not going to get into politics, but governments need to do a hell of a lot more when it comes to sustainability and being green. How do yeah. we as an industry who, I mean, for the most part, the demographic is that sort of millennial Gen Z at the minute. When you're looking at festivals and things, how do we as an industry promote something to be green and sustainable without people feeling like they're getting a lecture or they have to? I mean, a lot of people still don't like the word education. When you say educate yourself, they just go, no, no I've, I've been to school, I've been to college. You know, education is never a bad thing. How do you promote that to say these events, they're still going to be fucking amazing, but they're going to be green and they're going to be events that actually leave wherever we are in a better play, place or a better position than they were. We're not going to just leave. I mean, you just said when you finish an event and you're walking through a sea of like plastic drinks glasses and there's all kinds of shit on the floor, that's not sustainable. That's not, that's, that's all going to be thrown into a tip. It's going to go into a landfill and it's, and it's, it's not even a positive impact. How do we, how do we change that? Cause I think that we are, and I say we, cause we're in it. I think it's still very, very lazy industry because I think people know that, in order to do that, you have to invest and people don't want to invest without a return. And the return in this instance isn't going to be financial necessarily, but it's going to be for the greater good. How do you change that? But I think it can be that time. It can be financial. I mean, eventually, you know, it's fascinating. I hosted the, you know, a pre, a big pre Oscar party in Beverly Hills before COVID. And, um, it was for a large organization that focuses on sustainability and um, and really attracting a lot of the big top Hollywood people and actors who are embracing climate change and want to make a difference. And um, um, the woman that I was kind of reporting to, who was a big board, she's a billionaire and she kind of helps fund these things. Um, you touched on it. so. She wanted, I get the call and she's like, Andy, I want this event to be vegan. And I'm like, I can't make this event vegan. There's not an, I mean, I will do my best. We, I mean, and I worked with a ton of chefs in LA that do amazing vegan food that you would know was vegan. But I said, we still need to, you know, inspire people. So 
this is where the story goes, that she basically said, there'll be no meat, absolutely no meat at this event. Well, I said, well, it's kind of our job to educate people. And she had a fit. She's like, people want to go to a party to have fun. Why do you, don't even use that word educate. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, you're right. My old business partner used to say the same thing. I said, well, what I like to do is inspire people to make better choices and better decisions. And I said, here's what I'm going to do. Tom Steyer, who ran for president and didn't win, good old Trump did, but um, Tom owns a ranch in Northern California called Tomcat Ranch. And Tom's wife, Cat, is an amazing woman. And what did they raise? They raise cattle. And But they're the family that came up with Meatless Mondays in the West Coast of the U.S., where all schools and government institutions wouldn't serve any meat on Mondays. But there they are, like the largest cattle growers. What they do, they have a full-time photographer that's at their ranch. They're constantly taking pictures of, like, how they rotate all of the... Uh, all the cattle from field to field and how they grow certain kinds of wheat and what they eat and how they, you know, it's a science and it's important. And when you're, when you're raising cattle the right way, it's okay to be able to eat that meat and support that industry a little bit. And so, um, you know, it's fascinating when you look at the event world now and I say, well, we'll probably talk more about it, the podcast, but like the next I think the next music festival that you go to of mine, you're going to arrive and feel a little bit like you're at a farmer's market. And you're going to walk mm -hmm. in and go, what the hell's going on? Well, I like to highlight as many farms within a 50-mile radius as possible. And you walk in, and then I get the farmers to bring all this amazing produce. And then they partner with young, hot chefs that are making amazing food. And then they also partner with really cool young mixologists who are going to use a lot of their ingredients to make the best fucking drink you've ever had. Is it that hard? And then, oh, let's embrace the fact that we don't have plastic. And what do we do with large events that have plastic? Well, I get some of the top artists in the world to make sculptures out of plastic water bottles. And they're there making live sculptures. Embrace it, you know, and it'll be, I'll tell you what, you're going to go, this is so fucking cool. I can't believe it. And you're not sitting around eating a bad quinoa cake and going, all I want is a fucking piece of meat, you know, and why can't I get a good drink when people are like, alcohol's bad for you, but have this, you know, creepy octopus juice or I don't know, you know, but I'm like, there's a way to make it really cool. And yeah. our job to inspire all our attendees. And I say, listen, if we can, if we can affect 10% of every audience that we have, we're doing a great job. If you yeah. leave there going, hey, Geez, I noticed that they passed out a water bottle with our name on it when we got there. And they had all these cool water filling stations. And there was representatives from Evian talking about how, what they're trying to do with large scale events and big government buildings on having water filling stations everywhere. And here's the history behind this and blah, 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 blah. Like there's so many things that can be done, but you yeah. touched on it before, Tom. Like I've, you know, said to many organizations, you know, and they'd be like, Andy, we'd love to partner with you. Our challenge right now is that until big business and government can 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 kind of get together with us who are fighting climate change, it's just an uphill battle. It's so hard to get anything passed or any decisions made. But yeah. yes, we can educate. Can't say that word. We can inspire <laughs> kids today through large events and adults to make cool, positive changes because you'll leave there going, Never been to that farm before, never heard of it. And I live 10 miles away. Got to check that out at their Saturday farm stand. Oh, hey, never saw that brand before. Four Ocean, those are the coolest bracelets I've ever seen. Hey, guess what? These are all made from plastic water bottles in the ocean. Yeah. Hey, I should order a couple of those because they all their money goes to funding cleanups of beaches all around the world. There's so much that we can do to make our events zero waste and cool. Yeah. And you know, it just, and you know, Tom, it's not, it really is, doesn't have to be that much more expensive. It doesn't. Yeah. I think um, if we didn't touch on it, I know we've touched on it a little, but I know if, if we didn't touch on it, maybe in a little more detail, people who are listening would be like, why, why have you not talked about this? We have to, um, we have to talk about Fire Festival just a little and the documentary. Um, one thing that blows my mind, again, I did a little bit of research, did my due diligence. Um, I, love you, I love the term blow. That's great that you're using. <laughs> There's no, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean that that documentary aired on the 18th of January, Friday the 18th of January 2019. I watched it the I think it was super early in the morning it dropped in the UK. Obviously, we go off, it it launches Pacific Standard and then we get it eight hours later. Um, I can remember watching it and I think I finished watching it at around 6 a.m. And as a documentary, it was just, it was, it was just, it 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 was just, I don't know, it was eye-opening in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um during that first month, 20, it was estimated that 20 million people, 20 million households watched that documentary. And as you've mentioned sort of a little while back, you were the one person who shone brightest um, in that whole process. How was that first weekend, the 19th and 20th of January, what what was that like for you off, off the back of that documentary going out? Because a lot of people watched it in that first weekend and the name Andy King was everywhere, absolutely everywhere. How was that first 48 hours for you? Wow. Well, let's say this. So the premiere was in New York City mm. the night before. I think it was Thursday night. And let's say there were a thousand people at the premiere. And I walked in and I was looking around and anybody that had been involved with fire that worked with me all had hoodies on and they're with glass sunglasses and they're sitting in the back of the theater. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I'm like, shh, shh, don't, Andy. No, no, no. We're just, you know, we're just being low key here. I'm like, okay, I get it. No problem. You know, not Andy Kang. No, 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 no. I'm in a bright pink sweater. I'm in the middle of the <laughs> orchestra. I've got 10 people, my posse is with me, you know, we're all there. But my dad always would say, you know, your cousin Billy is a struggling actor. And I've always tried to tell him, listen, you know, good luck. You know, one out of every million becomes famous. And, um, you know, but he's working on a documentary. I'll never forget dad saying, he said, you know, the good news is nobody ever watches a documentary and they never make any money. And I'm like, okay, hmm. all right. Well, so as you guys know, I went through hours and hours and hours of, of interviews mm-hmm. with Netflix. They came to my farm. On and on, on. I was wiped out. The end, you know, we're closing up and taking down the cameras. And I look at Chris, the director. I said, Well, I probably should just tell you one funny last story. I know you're not going to use it because it's not right, you know, but whatever. So I tell him the blowjob story, which, of course, you know, the next day <laughs> I say to my business partner and, my, and our lawyer, I said, Geez, you know, I, I told the blowjob story like you did not. I said, Yeah. <laughs> It's going to ruin your career. Like you're over. What were you thinking? You call them right now. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, you know, I call Chris. I'm like, Chris, you know, my team wants it pulled. They don't want that story. He said, Andy, you don't understand. Like the way you told the story, you know, it wasn't like you were screaming like, oh my God, you go girl. You know, like some flaming theatrical gay person. Like you were so matter of fact and you just said it how it was. And that you were able to demonstrate just how crazy it got there. Like, mm. really? A guy, a successful event planner after a 30-year career is now going to suck a big dick to save a music festival? Like, that's how bad it got? And so I'm sitting in the audience. It's the premiere. And slowly but surely, you know, the part was about to come up. And I was mm. just shrinking down in my seat going, oh, no, I don't know what to do, you know. And all of a sudden... My part came out, I said what I said, and everybody in the audience stood to their feet and started cheering and clapping. And it wasn't until that moment that I knew that my life would change pretty quickly yeah. tonight. And then obviously it just spiraled. I mean, the next day I'm out for lunch. I mean, forget it. It just, and this went on for months and months and months, mm. just video, photograph, so, you know, and now it's the world of selfies and I can't be the dick and say, no, I'm not giving a selfie. So of course, you know, it was just selfie after selfie after selfie. And it still doesn't matter. Last night I'm at a sushi restaurant here in, in on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And, you know, the waiter sort of smiling a little bit. And I <laughs> said, he said, um, you're cool. I said, Oh, thanks. You know? And, um, and then the manager came up and she said, I had a bet are you famous? And I said, well, a little. And she said, I knew it. I just won $10. I'm going back to the kitchen. Of course, everybody, in the, <laughs> the whole staff, everybody in the restaurant, we're all trying to, they're like, I think it's him. 
I think it's Andy King, you know. I mean, it's crazy. Can you imagine? And it's, believe me, I had to make a conscious decision about losing my anonymity. And mm. it is freaky. I mean, it's like, you can't, I now have a responsibility and I had to accept that responsibility where I can't like have too much to drink at a bar and do something stupid. It would go viral. I mean, yeah. I can't, like, and that's what happens with celebrities. Like, you better be on top of your shit all the time or you're going down. Well, not yeah. going down like I was going to go down, but <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have a problem. Too. So, yes, I mean, the first 48 hours, it was pretty incredible. I'm, you know, total transparency, Tom. Like, I didn't get paid to do that documentary, as you know. Most of the world really thought I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I agreed to do it because we were creating a vehicle to pay back everybody in the Bahamas to the best of our ability. And I set up two GoFundMes and raised 400 and something grand in a year. That's incredible. And I'm really yeah. proud of that. And I, yes, <clears throat> I got paid to do speaking engagements. I got paid to fly around the world and do different things, but a majority of that money went to the GoFundMes and I used all of those platforms to drive awareness and to get people to donate. And so that's been amazing. Now we finish and we've got, I've got a couple of questions from my team who can't be here. They knew you were coming on. They all wanted to jump on, but I know it's a nightmare for the production guys. If we have like eight hosts. So we just kept it cut down. Um, Jenny, who's my co-host again, who couldn't be here today. She's asked, um, going off the back of COVID, what do you think the lasting changes on the event industry are um, once we've defeated COVID? And is there anything that's sort of around now that you think will be obsolete and won't be coming back now that we've had those event changes, anything that happened pre COVID that is, is, is not going to be a thing moving forward. I think, well, specifically talking about fire and then COVID the world of influencers is becoming a different world. Right. Mm. And I think that moving forward, if you're sponsoring an event or your your name is attached to it, you're going to do a lot of fucking research to make sure that everything is going to go perfectly well when yeah. you, you know, basically aligned yourself with something that's really high profile. And that's a major change. You know, I yeah. think for a while, the influencer world just started becoming like, oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll cut Kendall a check for 250 grand. And she's going to do three posts. We're going to do this. We'll do that. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Now, moving forward. I think that's a totally different world, which is amazing. And I think that um, you're going to hear an announcement pretty soon. I'm about to align myself with a pretty cool new liquor brand and with a big Hollywood celebrity. And um, as we do the launch of this brand around the world, there are going to be events that are like 50 people or less, but many of them, and they're going to be tailored and There'll be a cool narrative and they're going to be zero waste. And we're going to highlight cool initiatives that are going on in different areas all around the world. And um, I see that being a trend, you know, mm. where do you want to go to that party for 1200 or 2,500 people where it's just kind of a shit show? Or do you want to start learning about events that are smaller, more tailored, really cool, yeah. you have conversations with people and you're driving positive change. And it doesn't mean that we need to be making less money in the event world. We may be doing more of those yeah. to kind of weigh out the volume versus the size. But that that to me is a swing right now of like going to an event that you leave going, well, that had a lot of meaning. And I'm definitely going to go out and buy that liquor brand. I'm definitely yeah. going to go and do that. That from an influencer's perspective, I think is going to be something that's we're coming out of COVID. It's going to be very different. Yeah. Size and people. Yeah. And then I had, it's a really good answer. Um, Maggie, who's one of my tour managers who again was desperate to get on, but we have to keep, we have to keep hosts small. She said from your experience working with fire festival, if you had chance to change something, anything within legislation around events, what would it be? Hmm. Um, gosh. Um, I would say that moving forward, large events, wherever they take place, that we need to be able to tap into the local community first 
to do everything we can to support them and to utilize all the expertise that they have before we go to the outside to bring in vendors that are from somewhere else. Yeah. And, um, you know, for instance, as you guys may know, in the middle of fire, I was hosting some major events in Bermuda for the America's Cup. And, um, and it was sometimes challenging. And the local Bermudians I know got pretty upset because there were so many vendors that were brought in from the outside and nobody locally even got a chance to bid. And I think from a legislative perspective, it'd be kind of cool to say, okay, you want to do something in Wales. You want to do something in, at St. Andrews in Scotland. You need to do all the research you can to find as many companies as close as possible before yeah. you're bringing people in from the States or whatever, you know, to, yeah. and I think that's really, really important because, you know, jobs are uh, in, in the freelance world. It's a gig economy. The, the event world itself can really employ a lot of people. And it's kind of an ideal job for people going, Hey, like I just worked my butt off for five days and now I take two weeks off. I'm doing another big event in yeah. two weeks and I'm work four days. I'm making X amount of dollars. Like that to me is like the ideal world. Who the hell wants to go to a cubicle every day <laughs> from 9am to 6pm hating their fucking job? Nobody anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully that <clears throat> kind of helps answer that question. No, again, two really great answers. And then I know before we started recording um, and on the little cheat sheet that we sent you, there was a question we were going to finish on, but I'm going to mix it up a bit. I'm not going to ask that question because I've had another one come to my mind. Um, off the back of Fire Festival again, um, there was a whole raft of Andy King memes that graced our social media. And I say the word grace because for weeks and weeks, I'd found myself laughing at my phone in public because they were just so so good and so on point was there was there a favorite meme was there one in particular that you looked at and you just laughed and you thought yeah okay they've you know it, this is the best one on the sort of level which is the the one that got you the most the one that got me the most which i loved was how would you like to pay <laughs> is the mastercard american express for andy king <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the podcast today. It's season one, episode two, and you've graced our ears for well over an hour. Mm. Um, it's been great, and we will de we'll we'll definitely we'll keep in touch, um, and we'll most we'll most likely have you on again in the future because this has been great, and I've taken a lot from it. Wonderful. So, uh, thank you. Really appreciate your time today. And you guys stay safe, okay? And um, keep keep smiling, and I'll pray for a little sunshine for you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Okay. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram at Influenced Events. Okay, I am so jealous that I didn't get to talk to him because I also just really appreciate his meme choice as well. I think that is a great one. I miss them. Remember when life was about, like, making funny memes? And memes, <laughs> and, yeah. And not... Solid meme choice, which, so which we will... So right now. <laughs> we will put onto the Influenced Pod uh, Instagram because everyone needs to see the meme, even, even if it's just for their cheeky smile. The Andy King signature cheeky smile, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I took a lot from that. There's there's a lot more to that than just the sort of 20, 25 minutes we've had uh, on the podcast. So we will be putting the video full, uncut, unedited live on the YouTube, and I, I, I highly, highly recommend people go and listen because the insight that the guy's got after thirty years in industry is is crazy, um, and he's like he's he's got a lot of plans as well. He's he kept his cards close to his chest but i think that we are we definitely haven't heard the last of andy king expecting some big things coming out big things big festivals he's coming to the uk to do some educational stuff which is always a good thing um and yeah just an all-round nice guy and we will definitely have andy king back on the podcast i was going to say dear andy i would like to talk next time so come back so next time jenny just, is going to lead the interview just yeah just you know meetings <laughs> so that's two i mean next week all being well we're going to have our first band on the podcast uh who great social presence um going to keep it a little bit of a secret for now um but we're going to be recording that in the next couple of days and hopefully jenny you will be part of the chatting process the interview process this time um, who'd have thought 
Who'd have thought having a nine-to-five would get in the way of recording this podcast? Look, we're really utilizing my lunch break. I'm very proud of us. (laughs) (laughs) So, we will wrap it up. Jenny needs to go grab a sandwich or a salad or something for lunch. I do. No, I have pasta salad for lunch. Pasta salad. There we go. (laughs) Best of both. I got to fuel up on carbs to make up for my, uh, you know... I didn't drink wine after my dog incident, so I got to go carb up. That's the mistake you've made. That's a big mistake. That's why you feel concussed. <laughs> okay, the problem is if I opened a bottle, I'm we're going out of town today, so I wouldn't finish the bottle. Okay, I had to work today. I don't I don't roll like that anymore. I'm too old. So <laughs> I, I didn't want it to go to waste. It was all in thought of saving the wine. And... Tying in with what we've just heard of Andy, sustainability. You're not wasting things. I'm not wasting. You can't waste gone, wine. Come on. That is one precious, precious, precious thing that we have on this earth and you cannot waste it. Who would have thought that a sustainability chat with Andy King would have got to the point where we're talking about Jenny saving wine? Look, I didn't get to meet Andy King, but I feel like he would appreciate that tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> so wrapping up, <laughs> we'll be back next week on Friday again with another or more awesome guests because uh, it's not just one next week we have I think there's four four of them will be joining us which is always good as, as you know last week a lot of banter um, so stick with us if you're listening on Spotify hit follow uh, Jenny where else can they find us I'm putting you on the spot now because you said you didn't have the socials no, earlier no I said I could so find them I have them pulled up in front of me go for it yeah you can find us in the socials um, website is thenexteventisyours.com Facebook at Influenced Events. Insta. In, I'm reading what you wrote. You wrote Insta. Instagram <laughs> at Influenced Events. And then our favorite, Twitter at yeah. Influenced Ents. E-N-T-S. Not events. At Influenced Ents. And then, of course, there is also the Instagram related to the podcast, and that is at Influenced Pod. So I'm going to hunt that guy down who took the Twitter. You should probably message him and harass him every day. Excuse me, sir. We, we interviewed Andy King today. Can we please have your Twitter handle? We're obviously more... Yeah, we deserve this more. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap it up. I'm losing my mind. Jenny's going to go grab her pasta salad. She's, she's not concussed. I we am. Hope, <laughs> we hope she's not concussed. No, and I we really- hope that she'll be with us. Next week. I drove to the post office right after and I was like driving and Abdul's like, I'm driving us home. (laughs) Probably not the safest. We've learned a lot about Jenny. I like refused to make a right turn to park. I was like, I need a left spot right now. I can't function. (laughs) Well, we've learned a lot. It's been a week. Go get a pasta salad. It's been great having you on the podcast again. Good chatting as always. My trusty co host. And we will be back, like I said, the same time next week. And we're going to be chatting with a band. Jenny's going to be involved. It's going to be a party. So make sure you tune in. Have a great weekend, Jenny. You too, Tom. Bye. Bye.